it out in the world. You need it, you need adding, subtracting, multiplying. You need all this stuff because you're going into banking, right? You're working. She's going to work for Redstone Credit Union. And she gets, she's working for them at school. Faultful don't have this, but they have a Redstone at Decatur High School. So, right? So they get to work there. So, so all your ways acknowledge him, for he shall direct your path. God will direct your path. Don't get caught up in all the hoopla of the world because as much as the world was coming at you in high school, it's going to seem like it's coming ten times harder and faster once you graduate. Like I know you're living on your own and you've been through a lot, but guess what? It's going to get more real. But trust in the Lord, okay? Do that. All right, we love you. Proud of you. Thank you. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. We didn't I think I was the only one we had this year. I think Cody next year, if he makes it. <laughs> Pat, don't kill him first. <laughs> He'll make it. He is a good young man. Appreciate all he does for us. We do. He's got a lot better and does a real good job up here in the sound booth with the stuff on Sunday morning. So, so I appreciate that. Amen. What is it? <laughs> I never should have showed him the amen. But, all right. Well, let's receive our offering just now. Amen. That's something else we can clap about. Amen. Um, as we receive this morning, as, as, uh, if you need an offering envelope, everybody should have one. If you didn't get a bulletin, you know, we'll make sure you have one. Just raise your hand. Um, but we do have a couple of prayer requests. I know Miss Sister Connie asked that we pray for her friend Jenny, right? And her, Jenny's son, Terry, um, had a stroke. When was this the past week? And, and it's not doing real good. So remember Terry in your prayer that had a stroke. And then uh, Misty Reeves, um, Sister Bonnie asked that we pray. her daughter, her and... Um, her daughter this morning, that we pray for her. She's having some stomach issues, so remember that this morning as we pray. Um, anything else right now as we, as we go? Yes, ma'am. Lisa, yes, ma'am. We sure will. That's your daughter, right? We sure will. We sure will. Amen. Well, let's, let's take these things to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come again thanking You for this time together, Father. Thank You for... Your Word has already come forth this morning, God, that we take that and that, that we live the life that we're supposed to. We forgive and, and we love as we're going to read more about this morning, Father. And, and God, that we do these things each and every day in our life. God, we bring these needs to You right now. We pray for, for Terry that had that stroke, God, that You touch him right now wherever he's at, that Your healing power ring down his life. And, and Father, You just touch and move in that situation. God, we pray for Lisa. God, this morning, that you touch her, that you bring health and healing to her right now. God, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it is, Father, you bring those to her life and that she is healed right now. And we pray for Misty Reeves, God, that you touch her. God, whatever's going on in her stomach, whatever issue it is, God, we know that you're the healer. We know where their faith is also, Father, that, that she's healed. And we join together and agree with them right now in the name of Jesus. God, we just ask you, you bless everyone that gives this morning, Father, that you... Uh, you bless them, touch and move in their lives. God, you just, you just bring a special blessing on them this morning. Each and every one that came here this morning. 
God, as your word goes forth, God, that you use me to speak the things which, which you've brought in my spirit all week and that it comes forth boldly and plainly and, and everybody understands and realizes that, Father, it's all from you. It's all about you. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. Amen. Praise God. Well, y'all can go to Children's Church if there's any in here. Is there any children in here this morning? I guess. Or June. Yeah, let's go about June. June's in here. <laughs> the rest of you turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We'll continue our, our study this morning in, in the book of 1 John. Um, for those that hadn't been here, we want to welcome guests this morning, those that I've not been here in a while. Those that have come this morning, we thank you all for being here this morning. Welcome in our uh, online service this morning. I know people's watching, and uh, we welcome each and every one that's watching this morning. Whatever we got, the sermon.net, Facebook Live, you know, whatever we got, we welcome them in because it's getting the Word of God out. That's what, that's what the whole purpose of this is, not to hear Mark Carroll preach, I promise, but to get the Word of God out like it needs to. So last week... We talked, and we talked about sin in our life again, um, sin that we deal with each and every day. And, and so John, we read, was writing that we do not sin. We do not do these things that we continue to do. We have a relationship with God because we know Him. It's not just a Sunday morning religion. It's not just something that we do because it's what our generation or what this, this area does because we live in the Bible Belt. We do this because we want a relationship with Him as He wants us to. We want a deeper relationship with Him. We want to experience Him more in our life, more than on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday also. And we can have this same experience when we, we come each and every day to church on Sundays. As, as we come together, we can still go with Him and we can still have a relationship with Him. And so we can say that we know Him. And, and so... I want to revisit just a couple of verses because after, you know, I read this some more and you read it, things just, just come back. And, and so they, they add up, they tie in together. So we're going to go back and read in 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 3. And he says, and verse 3 says, He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments. Oh, I'm sorry, I've read verse 4. Now by this we, we know him if we keep his commandments. By this. How by this? We keep His commandments, we can say we know Him, right? And, and then verse 4, He who says, I know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar and the truth is not in Him. I don't think we read verse 5 last week. This, this gets us even closer to God. We, can just, we say we know Him. I know all of you, right? I know each and every one of your names. I, I know you from coming to church on Sunday morning. Some of you I know further than that because we just had a history together. But verse 5 tells us, but whosoever, or whoever, where whoever, keeps his word, keeps his word, again, his word, his commandment, his teaching, keeps those things, truly the love of God is perfected in him. So God's love is perfected in us by keeping his commandments and keeping his word, right? What is his word? This written word of God. 
those things that He told us that we need to do each day. That's keeping His Word. But not only can we say that we know Him, but that we are in Him. That takes it to another level. That takes it to an intimate level in our lives. That we, You know, I know my wife for 24 years almost now. But I know her. But because we're married and we're one, I know her to another level than I know any of the rest of y'all. Thank goodness. And that's the way it should be. But I know her as more intimately because I'm, 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 we're in God. God, we're one. Me and her are one in marriage and flesh. Us and God are one in spirit because we're joined together with Him when we accepted Him as our Lord and personal Savior. So it takes it to another level in our life. And that, that, I read that and I was like, man, that's good. That, that we're not only can say we know Him, but that we are in Him. When? When we do the things that, this, that John has brought out here for us to do, when we keep His commandments and keep His Word. And you say, well, that's easy. Well, obviously not because there's seats here that are not filled because people are not keeping His commandments and not keeping His Word this morning. So they don't have a relationship with it. And so it sounds easy as we read it, but living that life each day is not easy. We all know that. We've all recognized that and experienced that in our life. But we can do it. We can, we can have that and we can do that in our life. So we, verse 3, we know Him. Verse 5, we are in Him. So that's our God, our Father, our Creator that we can say that about. Nobody else can say that. No other religion can say that but, but us alone. So the love of God is perfected in us. What love? The love that we have for number one, us. Okay, we got to you got to love yourself. There's a lot of people that do not like their self, and base that on a lot of times physical features that they don't like to look at. So they hate theirself because of it, and beat theirself up mentally and emotionally because they don't like to look at their self. God doesn't look at us for what we are on the outside, but we do. We see our flaws. We know our flaws. But God still loves us. And He said, if you do these things, your love's perfected. My love's perfected in you. My love's perfected in you. And His love encompasses things that we can't even fathom. We think of God, and a lot of times we think small. Because we want Him right here with us. We think our window, we look out. But you know, we don't think of everything going on in the world that He deals with. We think of our stuff that He deals with, but... You know, there's, what, 60, 50 people in here this morning? So God is dealing with 50 different or 60 different issues this morning from each and every one of us. And it's still big enough that He loves us. And our love, each one of us can have His love perfected in us. Imagine if we lived that life every day. How, how we can change starting ourselves, our family, our community, the city, the state, everywhere around us, we can change that if we would just live that life. Of, of how that we can live spiritually in Him and through Him. And then everything flows out of that. So His love's perfected us. We're going to talk about love in a minute. But in, turn to Psalms in chapter 1. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. And it'll be on the screen. David, because when His love's perfected in us, His law, could we keep His word? And that's what it's talking about. They said His law. But it's His Word, His teachings, as we're going to read. But His delight, our delight, because God loves us, because we love Him and we say we do, right? His delight is in the law of the Lord, 
And in His law, His precepts and His teaching, that goes in the instructions, the teachings of God. Everything. This Word of God right here. His Word. He habitually meditates. Habitually. That's a habit. Each have a habit of something in our life. Whether it could, whatever it is. And you have a habit of something. You say, well, I need to stop this or I can't, I can't do that. Well, you're doing something else that's a habit to you. You can habitually read the Word of God and study the Word of God. Because as we said last week, the only way you're going to know God and be in Him is to know what He says in here. And you, people say, well, God don't talk to me. God talks to us every day through here when we read this Word. It's the living Word of God. And so when we habitually meditate, ponders and studies day and night, day, by day and by night, and we do this, His love is perfected in us. The only way we know, like I said, is to read and meditate on the Word of God. And, you know, we don't... There's nothing wrong. You know, I've meditated on this, this passage all week. I've had it playing in my car because, like I said last week, that Bible app, I can hit play and it'll, it'll just read it to me. I've read it. I've meditated on it. I've thought about things. That's meditating on the Word of God. Just going over and over and over and over. Whatever it is, we meditate on those things. And when we do that, guess what? We keep other thoughts and things out of our mind. We keep all the other junk in the world going on today out of our mind and our life because we're meditating solely on the Word of God. Because we want to know more about Him. Because we want to get closer to Him. And so... With everything that we read in the Word of God, we read this in John and we're reading this in Psalms, in First John. We do things, there's a promise from God to us, right? There is a promise from God, a direct promise. Because in verse 3, His promise is here, we will be like a tree firmly planted by the rivers, by the waters, and tended. Not just planted, He's tending to us each day, pruning us, making us strong in what we need to be. Giving us those things, grafting His Word in our life. He's doing those things for us. And He said, by the streams of water, ready to bring forth fruit in its fruit, its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything He does shall prosper and come to maturity. Everything we do. Everything we do. This is a promise of God. David knew it back then, way back thousands of years ago. When you know God said David was a man after his own heart, and we all know David had flaws. We all know David did bad things after he became king, and and whatever. But God still loved him just as He loves us. God still protected him just as He's protecting us. God still that was still a promise then as it is now. It wasn't just some song David thought up back when he was watching sheep. No, he said, "I know this. My God will do this for me when I do the things that I'm supposed to do." So, there's a promise to everything that he says. A promise. Turn back over to 1 John. Verse 6. And I don't know that we'll go verse for verse for this. These are just, to me, as I've read them more, they're more power, more impactful in my life each day. Just these verses. You know, I don't know what the rest of the time holds as we go through 1 John. I've never taught like this before or preached like this before to where we go through different verses and verse after verse. I don't know where God's leading. I know I'm following Him. So that's what we're going to do. And if you get to be bored, then just, I don't know what to tell you. 
Look on your phone. Ask God forgiveness and intently hear the Word of God this morning. So 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6. He said, so we know we're in Him. We abide in Him. He says, ought to also walk as Jesus walked. Plain thing. We know Him. We're in Him. Now we're abiding in Him. So we walk as Jesus walked. I told Gabby yesterday we was talking about it. And I made some corny joke. I said I wasn't going to say it this morning, but I probably will. It's not just talking about walking in sandals. That ain't walking as Jesus walked. If we did that, we'd be wearing whatever they wore back in those days. We know that. And, and so, walk as Jesus walked. So in these verses that we just read, we can say we know Him. When can we say we know Him? When we keep His Word, right? We keep His commandments. We can say we are in Him. We are one with Him. Then as we, then we can say as we abide with Him, we can walk as Jesus walked. That entails what we just heard about Pat talking about, loving people, forgiving people. So we can love people as Jesus loves people. That's a hard thing to do. Imagine our world today if we loved others as Jesus loves us. There would be no division. There would be no strife. There would be no turmoil between people because we would all love as Jesus loves each other. And, and so we know that that's not, that's not happening. So, but when we do it, when we do it, our love is perfected through Him. Our love, His love perfected in our life shines out and people will see the love of God in our lives. We can have faith as Jesus has faith. That's that. I mean, the Word of God tells us, have the faith of God, right? God and Jesus are the same. So if Jesus can speak these things through faith and believe in faith, then we can also. We can overcome in this life as Jesus overcame. Fully overcome and live a life abundantly as Jesus, as God wants us to. And I'm not up here, just up here motivational speaking this morning. I'm speaking the Word of God. Because we can do that because I promise tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're not going to be here amongst other believers. And the world's going to hit you again. And you're going to be like, "Ah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I can do this anymore. And then we'll live that day defeated because of the thoughts and the things that we let come into our life and not live as the Word of God told us to. We'll forget for the moment that we're even in Him, that He's even around because we've let Satan slide back in and say things to us to deceive us and bring us down. I know this personally because it happens to me. It tries to happen on a daily basis. But if we live as Jesus did and overcame as He did and, and spent... None of us have spent 40 days in the wilderness to the point of starvation and then something come and say, if you'll bow down to me, I'll, I'll give all this to you. If you're God, then you should change these stones into bread and feed, feed your, your human flesh. But Jesus didn't fall into any temptation, did He? We fall into it a few hours after we're here sometimes. I'm on. Come on. I mean, I'm not the only one. Y'all awake this morning? You hear me? Am I, am I the only non-perfect Christian in here this morning? That deals with things. If you was expecting your, your, your pastor to be perfect and on a different level, you know, then I've let you down. Okay? I still deal with the same things that each and every one deals with every day. Sometimes it seems harder now. And, and Daddy can... I'm sure he can testify to this than it was before. 
I said, this is what I'm going to do. And, and, and so why? Because Satan don't want his word going forth. He don't want us to be overcomers and, and above only and not beneath. He wants to keep us beat down. And, and listen to the media around us and tell us how bad we are for believing in Jesus. And, and you know, tell us how bad we are for doing other things. And just keep us, keep us on this same course to where we live that roller coaster Christian life to where we come here and emotionally we're, yeah, we're up. Trust me, standing up here, it's like an adrenaline rush. Things come and it's just, but you know, I can, I, that's, that can lead on for hours after the service or as soon as I'm done. You know, feel tired because the adrenaline's not there and that's the way our emotions are. We come in here and we get all emotional and do all these things and then go out and emotions leave. Emotions change. So don't live our Christian life on emotions. Live day to day as Jesus did while He was on this earth. He never said obeying God wasn't going to be hard. Never did He. He didn't give us that false hope. But living the way God's told us to is doable because we got our example Jesus. The one and one supposed to look to, not to any man, not to anything else, but look to Him. And believe and trust in Him that we can do it. So don't let these things in this life constantly continue to weigh you down every day. Look to Him, trust in Him, and, and believe in Him that He's going to bring you through. He's going to bring you to the other side. And you're going to see whatever it is change in your life. Amen. Let's go down to verse 9. Verse 9 of chapter 2. 7 and 8 talked about uh, commandments, a new commandment He wasn't giving us. And so he, he was talking about keeping the commandments and different things. If you hadn't read it, then go back and read it. Verse 9 says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. So, what's the best way for us when we're up walking around the house at night not to stub our toe? Because we've all done it, right? You've all been walking through the house. Hit, hit something that you didn't think was there because, you know, I get up, me and Gabby work different shifts. She works thirds, so, you know, different times. She's sleeping in the morning when I get up for work, and I try to keep all the lights off. Try and try to be quiet, but it don't work. She always says I'm loud. But so I try to know where everything is in our room and not turning lights on and I'm feeling around. But there's still times I bump into stuff or the door don't open and I hit it and, you know, just different things. So the best way not to stumble in the dark is to turn a light on, right? That's the best way. So if God's all light, God's all the light that we need and all the light in this world, all the light in our life, why do we continue walk around each day with the light switch off? Why do we do that? We know that's the easiest way to see what we need to see and live the way we need to live, but a lot of times because we want to stay hid in darkness, because we don't want the things we're doing wrong to come to light, we walk around with that light switch off. We don't, we don't walk around proud that we're a believer in God. Right? If you go to work tomorrow, are you going to be as adamant as you are here today about who you are in Christ Jesus? Are you going to work with that co-worker that's beside you that's constantly, 
you know, cussing and, you know, saying vain things and all this kind of stuff. Are you going to stand up and, and say, hey, we don't need none of that. We don't, we don't, I, don't, I don't need to listen to this. I don't need this in my life. I don't need this influence. You know, something's got to change. Me, either I go somewhere else or you need to change. Are we going to be that bold about it? Because Jesus was. I promise Jesus didn't sit down with the sinners and allow them to see, keep saying and doing the things they were doing. He's shown them the love of God to where they wanted to change. Our problem is we see wrong and we bash it. We tell them, you're going straight to hell. You're doing blah, blah, this and that. And we point out everything that they've done wrong to where they don't want to hear us anymore. They don't want to see us anymore. They, they're good with keeping that light off and not turning it on to where they can continue in sin. But we know each time it leads to destruction. It leads, it leads to where they're not going to see and they're going to hit a brick wall each time. So if we say, this is talking about Christians. This, if he says he's a light, that God is light and the light is in him, and hates his brother. He is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light. So there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is not talking about me hating my brother Matt or my sister Becky. Sorry. I believe, because if we say we're brothers and sisters in Christ, this starts here. This starts with us as believers. Because if we can't love each other in this setting or out of this setting, then how are we going to love the sinner that's out there? If we can't have compassion for each other in the church, in the body of Christ, just because somebody started another church in town and we don't like it, or just because somebody went and left and went to this church, or left our church and went there, or whatever, you know, which... You know, I ain't got nothing for them anymore. How does that project God's light to each other and love each other as we need to? And then we say, we're going to go witness. We can't even witness to each other half the time. We can't even say the things we need to to each other to encourage us to live the life that we're called to live. But yet we want to go point out everybody else's flaws out in the world and tell them that you're dying and going to hell when we need to work on ourselves and the body of Christ as we need to. So love our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. We read in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, all this is about God being light, the light of our lives. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. Walk in the light as He is in the light. And so walking and loving our brother, loving each other, it's easy to love each and every one of you this morning. Because you have not said anything to hurt me. As far as I know, you hadn't, to me, you hadn't said anything bad about me. So that's easy for me to say I love every, each and every one this morning. It's easy. But if I base this love off good times, it's not really love, is it? It's just a feel-good emotion. And, and so, you know, it, love is not when we say we love them unless they hurt us. Unless they do bad things against us, we say we love them. It's getting voting season. We've got to vote next Tuesday. And I'm not up here to bring political parties. 
I don't do that. I'm not going to stand up here and preach political stuff. But we love each other unless they're in a different party than we are. We've even said, and how can they Christians and be in that party and then believe in what they believe? If you're a Republican this morning, as most of us probably are, I promise those things that go on the Republican Party that you're wondering whether you can believe in them and say you're Republican for what goes on in that party, even though we, we condemn and bash the Democrat Party. I'm sorry. It's the truth. President Trump's not God. And I got asked here a while back, are you going to vote for him again? I said, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I don't agree with him on. And, and so, you know, we say we love them unless they're a Democratic Party. Unless they're a different party, Republicans, Democrat, whatever it is, we draw that line right there. And then we talk and bash about them, even though they're children of God as we are, but just because they don't see things as I see it, well, they're stupid. What are they doing? They ain't really Christians. There ain't no way. There ain't no way they're Christians. Well, how are you a Christian showing darkness in your own life, talking about other children of God, we should just be praying for each other and lifting each other up. See, we can't get past ourselves. We can't get past the right here and right now. And so, but I promise one thing. I guarantee you one thing. There is no Republicans or Democrats or anything else in heaven. None of them. None of them's going to be there. So if you think Jesus is up there waving the Republican flag or Democratic flag, he's not. He's not at all. He could care less. What he cares about is the hearts and lives of each and every one of his people that he created. That's what he cares about. And if we would start doing what the Word of God says and praying for the kings and magistrates, praying for those that are in authority over you, praying for each other as we're supposed to, then things might change some in our life and the world around us. But we're so caught up in watching the news. And sure, there's nothing wrong with keeping up with the news. I, I, I look on Fox News pretty much every day just to see things. All you see now is whoever defamation trial going on. I mean, the war in Ukraine is over with, obviously. Ain't nobody else dying over there because even Fox don't talk about it no more. I mean, that's their top headline nearly every day is Johnny Depp and whoever, Amber Heard. That's the thing that's on there. Well, I don't care about that. I don't care who lied to who, who slapped who. Both of them need to find Jesus in their life is what they need. And then that would stop all of that. But we get caught up. I hear women at work. There's a couple of women in the same office as I am. And that's what she said. Oh, I'm watching this trial every day. My good grief. I have no life. Nothing better going on in your life than to watch a defamation trial of somebody suing somebody else for a bunch of sin and stuff that they were involved in in their life. So we look at everything going on. Get disgusted. And, and, and rightly so, okay, rightly so. Every time I go to the gas pumps right now, nobody likes it. Nobody likes paying $4.20 or 30 or If you drive a diesel, you're paying $5.30 or something for gas. Nobody likes it at all. But that keeps us from loving and praying for our president that's in the office. We talk, we talk bad and bash about it. And bashing is what we do. I can't believe he done. Why don't he stop this? Why don't he do this? Well, if we're children of God and we, we speak faith, preach faith, 
believe in faith of God and my God shall meet and supply all of my needs unless gas is $4.30 a gallon, then I can't go nowhere. I can't do nothing. Right? That's our attitude about stuff. We don't like going to the grocery store anymore because I can't believe milk and eggs are just outrageous. And they are. It's ridiculous. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stop eating in protest? Are you going to start being a vegan because, I mean, that prices are high too? What are you going to do? You're going to keep buying it, but we need to have the attitude... God, if you meet and spoil my needs when milk and eggs and, and gas with a dollar fifty a gallon, you still meet them now. And and not not worry about the price that's on the shelf. Know that God's going to take care of us. And if your faith is not there, you need to work on having faith in God and having the faith of God because He didn't put a price or a price tag on any of that. He just said, Believe in me. Believe and trust in me. You know, we we get pushed, everything's pushed toward the LGBTQ, right? We, we look at anything and everything that's out there and those things are pushed that way and that alternative lifestyles are fine. And then we're condemned for doing what we're doing this morning. That's the world we live in. But they're the minority. We act like the minority. As the body of Christ, that's what we act like. Because they're still raising Cain and we're just like, well, you know, Whatever. I don't hate those. Do we really love those people? Are we really showing the, the love of God to those? I mean, Erin's a school teacher. She deals with it every day. She's told me about different things. And it's just like, you don't understand the mind of the places of these young people. You see it all over TV. Racism, racism in the government is a form to keep us divided so we won't be unified in the world or the body of Christ, either one. So, we got, to, we got something to, to, to look at in our own lives. Are we going to let the darkness of hate with each other and hate outside of here keep ruling and reigning in our life? Or are we going to let God's light shine through as He told us to? So we need, to, we need ourselves to flip that light switch on. We need to work and point at ourselves and look at ourselves in the mirror and ask God to forgive us and help us have the love that, that we need to have in our life. Jesus talked about blind, about the blind leading the blind in Luke chapter 6 on His Sermon on the Mount. You can turn there if you want to. Verse 39 of Luke chapter 6. And he said, and he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will not they both fall into a ditch? So if we're out leading each other, hating each other, blindly leading each other, we're going to go into a ditch with them. We're no better off than anybody else. Just because we say we're a Christian. The love of God is truly in us and perfected in us. His light's going to be shining through us. And we're going to love others as He need to. And we're going to lead others as we need to. So it goes on in verse 40, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Who is our teacher? Jesus, right? He's our teacher. So we're going to be perfectly trained if we're a disciple of Jesus as He's called us to. So all this other junk that we worry about and get into don't mean a hill of beans. 
It says, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Because most of us, or all of us, that are pointing out each and every one else's flaws because we can justify our own sin and own actions because we look at somebody else and say, I'm better than they are. Let me help you get that out of your life because what you're doing is worse than what I'm doing in my own eye. What I'm seeing, I'm not as bad as you. I'm not as bad. We've, we've, told, we've said the past few weeks, there's no gray area in sin. It's black and white. It's either you do what the Word of God says or you don't. You obey God or you don't. If you're in disobedience to God, you're in an area of sin in your life. So we can't look at somebody else that's not here today and, and judge them and say, well, they're not as good as I am because I was at church this morning. I don't mean anything. Are you truly listening this morning? Are you truly, you know, taking in what the Word of God's saying? Are you just nonchalantly because we're here? Because He's just still a religion to you and not, it's not a relationship. But He goes on to say, or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove that speck in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank in your own eye. Hypocrite. That's what we are. If we do this, if you're doing this, you're a hypocrite this morning, just as they was back then. You're still a hypocrite if this is you this morning. And I pray that it's not. He said, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that's in your brother's eye. Look at ourselves. Me, number one. I've always heard this since I was little. Nobody else has. When you're pointing at somebody, you've got three fingers pointing back at yourself. Every time. Every time. So it was more pointing back at you than the other person. So we get so consumed with the other problems of everybody else. We ignore our own. We ignore our own. And so we, we put all these distractions up of why we can't love this person because of what they said to us, why we can't forgive them because of what they've done to us however many years ago, however, whatever it is, we can't do that because they were wrong. You're wrong for not forgiving, for not forgiving them. There was never a point while Jesus walked this earth, there's never a point now that we stop loving us or the others around us. Never one. So if we can truly say that He is light of our life and all the darkness is gone, then we can say we love others. Because Jesus didn't create division. He didn't create denominations. He didn't create the non-denominational, the Baptist, the Methodist, the Catholic, the Presbyterian, the whatever it is. He didn't create those denominations. We did. So there's no division in Christ. We've created that. We did that. So if we base love off feelings, which is what, what we do as humans, love is a feeling, which turns mainly, I looked up the definition of it, one of them was a sexual thing. Well, that's, I saw lust. That's what Webster's defined it as. Love and lust is not the same thing. There's too many, especially young people, that fall, I'm in love with them. And I hope, hope Peyton watches, I'm going to mention him. He loved like five girls at one time when he was a teenager. I love them. I just love them. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's the way it makes you feel in your stomach. That's all that is. You don't love them. And that's most teenagers, especially boys. I love them. Or, or little girls, if it's their first crush or whatever. He's just awesome. No, he's not. He's a man, and they're disgusting, especially at that age. From like 14 to 30, they're disgusting. So they don't clean. They don't do nothing. So, especially themselves. 
So, you know, that's not the true meaning of love. If I base my love off how Gabby makes me feel 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or how I make her feel, then there wouldn't be much love there sometimes. You're all married. You know that. <laughs> I'm not trying to get anything started. Just making a point. No, I made a commitment to love her every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Standing right here. I remember the date. July 24th, 1999. So there you go. Daddy was preaching. I tried to kiss her too early. Wasn't even time. I'm like, let's get this over with. So, you know, I made that commitment then. Still making it today that I'm going to love her no matter what. If, if that was not the case, then our feelings and emotions that when we was dating would be long gone. We'd have done split up. But we love each other. Not because nobody else can put up with each other, with us, but because we know that God brought us together. And, and so, you know, love, we've got to stop basing love off feelings and emotions. We've got to stop doing that. The world does that all the time. The, the world bases love off of what you've done for me lately. What you've done for me. Jesus, we didn't do anything for Jesus and He loved us. Anything for Him. That's the true definition of love. is what He done for us. Not what we can do for Him. Or we do for each other. Love is a knowing. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I love my wife. And, and so I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves me. And I know that I love Him. So I've got to project that love that He loves me without so others can see it. We've all got to do that. We've all got to work on that in our life. So if we're going to love and we're going to say we're going to walk in love, it's got to, this sometimes got to be a daily thing that we say in ourselves. I'm going to love everyone today and I'm going to walk in love today. And along with that love, and, and there's people in our life that we all know that it's hard to seem to love them. It's hard. Because of things that's happened, because of things that have been said, because of hurt and pain. So this has got to be a daily thing in our life for, for a lot of us. I love them. I'm going to walk in love each and every day no matter what. And along with that love, if we're going to love them, then we've got to forgive them. We're going to, I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I forgive. You name them out. Name them out in prayer. And it's not going to be easy the first few times to name that person's name. But you keep naming it and you keep saying it. And before long, you'll realize that you love them and you forgive them. We love each other. We love that person. And we forgive that person. For however long it's been. And they don't even have to say it back to us. We know. Saying I love you to my wife I know I love her whether she says it back to me or not. She does every time. But if we love that person that's hurt us, we can say we love them and truly love them whether they ever say it back to us because we know we're in right standing with God. And we can tell that person, I love you and I'm praying for you and I forgive you whether they accept it or not. That's still the truth. That's still the truth in our life. So, so don't base your love and what God's done for you. Don't base it for each other off just a feeling and an emotion. There's emotions and feelings that go along with love that get confused too much in our day and time. But that's not what true love is. 
y'all stand this morning, we're going to close. Jesus never said, he, he, He's never made this statement and He never will, I will love you when. 